Welcome to the Servative Hour, an hour of political commentary, an hour of anti-conservative movement, call-in talk radio. And please feel free to call in. It still is the Give to Lincoln Fund Drive, but I'm not going to be writing down any information while trying to do the show, so I recommend you go to kzum.org and make your donation there. Give to Lincoln Day is uh, Thursday. Oh, Give to Lincoln Day is Thursday, May twenty sixth. Uh, Give to Lincoln is a month long celebration, and uh, all donations that are made to KZUM until May twenty sixth are eligible for a percentage of matching funds pool of five hundred thousand dollars, thanks to several local foundations and companies. This is a critical time for KZUM and our local nonprofits who do so much to keep our city thriving. If you can make a contribution, go to kzum.org and uh, with that matching funds pull, your donation will go farther now. Now, Give to Lincoln will not process a donation without an email. So you need to include your email. And the Lincoln Community Foundation matches a percentage of every dollar we raise. Um, We don't know what that percentage total will be, but the more we raise, the bigger the percentage. And any checks sent in need to be made out to the Lincoln Community Foundation with KZUM in the subject line. And... uh, Also, good to include your phone number so we can contact you if we need to verify information. And, uh, of course, your email, I mentioned that, so we can contact you with any of the premium gifts of uh, T-shirts, hats, mugs, etc., coffee, whatever, uh, for uh, giving you thanks for your donation. As of... Today at 1.30 p.m., we have uh, received donations. You have donated $28,576. So thank you very much for that. And as I said, you can go to kzum.org anytime to uh, donate. So thank you. And if I haven't mentioned the topic yet for this May 17th, 2022, It's the 2022 Nebraska primary aftermath. Now, why do I say aftermath rather than just results? Well, because some of the contesting of the primary still goes on as concerns the struggle between Herbster and Slama. We'll get to a bit more of that in a moment. First... From Dennis Crawford, off of Facebook. He also has some of his writings on Medium and uh, also on a page uh, on Facebook called The Prairie Progressive. So this is from May 11th. The results are in and we're now set for the general election in November. One of the big winners was Pete Ricketts. The billionaire governor and his family beat the living hell out of Chuck Herbster and Brett Lindstrom, 
with deceptive ads and pave the way for Jim Pillen's win. Once again, big money and negative advertising worked. Donald Trump and Chuck Herbster were big losers. Herbster blew $12 million and finished with only 30% of the vote. Fortunately, Herbster conceded the election to Pillen. Herbster won't be filing frivolous lawsuits, well, other than against uh, Julie Slama and the others, uh, but back to what Dennis Crawford wrote, uh, won't be filing frivolous lawsuits and attacking the state capitol to seize power. Jim Pillen will be facing Carol Blood in the general election. Will Pillen debate Blood? He has a lot to answer for. As UNL Region, did Pillen approve the underserved, undeserved raises and extensions for Scott Frost and Fred Holberg? <coughs> and from the Nebraska Democratic Party in legislative races, three incumbent senators advanced in their reelection bids. Michaela Kavanaugh in District 6, six Megan Hunt in District 8, and Wendy DeBoer in District 10. And then it had, uh, lists others advancing in various legislative races. I won't go down the whole list. And then it says uh, Cindy Maxwell Ostick, a progressive leading independent, advanced in District 4. The November elections will be consequential. The GOP is aiming to win the governor's mansion and a filibuster-proof majority in the unicameral. If the GOP gets up to 33 seats, they will pass a reactionary abortion ban and repeal state income and corporate taxes. The lost revenue would be made up by a regressive sales tax. The GOP platform is extreme and dangerous. And then he continues on encouraging people to vote blue in 22. From the Norfolk Daily News. Sometimes go to the outstate newspapers to get articles which might otherwise have uh, paywalls. Not sure if the Lincoln Journal Star would have had a paywall on this, but I got it from the Norfolk Daily News. This is from, also from May 11th, 2022. Governor's race pits Pillen against Democrat blood. Republican voters in Nebraska picked Jim Pillen as their nominee for governor, siding with the University of Nebraska regent, backed by departing Governor Pete Ricketts, over a rival supported by former President Donald Trump. Pillen, a hog farmer and veterinarian, defeated eight challengers, including Charles Herbster, a businessman who faced groping allegations late in the campaign, and Brent Lindstrom, a state senator and Omaha financial advisor who was generally viewed as a more moderate choice. Quote, We live in the greatest place on the planet right here in Nebraska, Pillen said in a victory speech late Tuesday as the crowd cheered and chanted, Quote, Let's go, Jim. He said his opponents had called to concede. While Trump endorsed candidates won primary races in West Virginia for the U.S. House on Tuesday, the statewide loss in Nebraska was a setback for Trump. He has issued hundreds of endorsements and staged his signature campaign-style rallies in support 
of his preferred candidates, including Herbster, all in an effort to bend the GOP in his direction ahead of another possible presidential run in 2024. In this Republican stronghold, Pillen will be a favorite in Nebraska's in November's general election against his Democratic opponent, State Senator Carol Blood, Nebraska hasn't elected a Democrat as governor since 1994. Pillen was endorsed by many top GOP leaders in the state, including Governor Pete Ricketts, former Governor Kay Orr, and renowned former University of Nebraska football coach and congressman Tom Osborne. Ricketts was prevented by term limits from running again. In Nebraska, the allegations against Herbster, a longtime supporter of Trump, didn't stop the former president from holding a rally with him earlier this month. Herbster alluded to the groping allegations in a concession speech late Tuesday. Quote, This is one of the nastiest campaigns for governor in the history of Nebraska and may have affected the results, Herbster said, adding that it was, quote, in God's hands, unquote. Lindstrom congratulated Pillen on his victory and said he would support him in the general election. In a story last, last month, the Nebraska Examiner interviewed six women who claimed Herbster had groped their buttocks outside of their clothes during political events or beauty pageants. A seventh woman said Herbster once cornered her privately and kissed her forcibly. One of his accusers, Republican State Senator Julie Slama, said Herbster reached up her skirt and touched her inappropriately at the Douglas County Republican Party's annual Elephant Remembers Dinner in 2019. Well, I guess Julie Slama remembered anyway. Herbster claims not to remember any such thing happening. The Associated Press does not typically identify people who say they are victims of sexual assault unless they choose to come forward publicly as Slama has done. Herbster filed a defamation lawsuit against Slama, saying she falsely accused him in an effort to derail his campaign. Slama responded with a countersuit against Herbster alleging sexual battery. Some voters said the allegations didn't dissuade them from backing Herbster. As she voted in an elementary school in northwest Omaha on Tuesday, Joanne Codan said she was, quote, upset by the stories, but I don't know if I believe them. Ultimately, the 74-year-old said she voted for Herbster, quote, because Donald Trump recommended him. Lindstrom faced a barrage of attacks as well with third-party television ads funded by Ricketts that portray him as too liberal for the conservative state. One digitally altered ad shows Lindstrom standing in front of a rainbow flag with a coronavirus mask superimposed over his face. Devon Leasley said he backed the 41-year-old Lindstrom because, quote, It's time to hand over the politics to the next generation. Herbster and Pillen are both in their 60s. 
and politically in the 1860s. I added that. It's not in the article. Article is gone. But Herbster is a sore loser, or at least he would like the lawsuit to go away, which is a real lawsuit, unlike the phony lawsuit that was just really a press release, which he never actually served to the person he was uh, pretending to be suing. So Trump-like. Everyone's lying, and I'm going to sue everyone with frivolous lawsuits and hope it all goes away. But no. And if you don't make it go away, I'm not going to endorse you. <laughs> Herbster won't endorse Pillen until lawsuits resolve, campaign says. This is from JournalStar.com. Yeah, I actually went to their website. And it didn't uh, paywall. Yay. Sarah... I must not have gone to them for a bit. They do that. Yeah. Cookies. Yum, yum. Anyway, Sarah Gensler, Omaha World Herald, from May 12, 2022. Uh, once again, Herbster won't endorse Pillen until lawsuits resolve, campaign says. While the Nebraska GOP preached a message of unity in the wake of a primary race that exposed cracks in the party... Charles Herbster's campaign made clear that he won't be endorsing Jim Pillen, the party nominee for governor, just yet. Quote, Charles is going to continue pursuing all legal avenues until his name is cleared. Herbster spokesperson Emily Novotny said in a statement, quote, The lawsuit was never about the governor's race, but about returning honor to Mr. Herbster's reputation. He will not endorse any gubernatorial candidate until that time. Pillen, a hog producer and University of Nebraska regent, bested Herbster and other Republican gubernatorial candidates Tuesday in a contentious race that featured a volume of negative attacks that observers have called unprecedented. Herbster and Pillen traded barbs from the get-go, and the dynamic only grew more bitter over time. It became especially stark in October when former President Donald Trump endorsed Herbster, which then prompted Governor Pete Ricketts, who supports Pillen, to say Herbster was unqualified for the role. In April, the Nebraska Examiner published allegations from eight women that Herbster had touched them inappropriately. At the time, conservative state senator Julie Slama was the only named accuser on the record. Elizabeth Todson, a legislative staffer, went on the record with her name later. Herbster has vehemently denied all of the allegations and maintained that they're a political hit job coordinated by Pillen and Ricketts. Both men have dismissed Herbster's claim. He filed a defamation lawsuit against Slama, who countersued alleging battery. That legal battle is ongoing. A member of the campaign previously said lawyers were working on a separate lawsuit against the examiner. Novotny did not immediately respond to a question regarding the status of that potential suit. <laughs> Another imaginary lawsuit, uh, which is actually just a press release. Yes, we're going to sue the newspaper who, ta who published the story, too. <laughs> right. State GOP leaders urged Republicans to unite behind Pillen at an event Wednesday morning. Herbster conceded the race late Tuesday night and was present at that unity event. Senator Brett Lindstrom, 
the third-place candidate also conceded Tuesday and wasn't at the event, but endorsed Pillen in his concessions speech. And then it has the results of the races. But I'm just going to leave off on that. And if you want to read that in full, it's under the headline, Herbster won't endorse Pillen until lawsuits resolve, campaign says. Now, I wonder what the comments on are on this. I haven't looked at them. Sometimes way down here. All right, I'm scrolling down, seeing what comments. Before controvert. Oh, here we go. Two com. Only two comments. All right. Let's see what people had to say. named Thomas says, I didn't think Pillen was one of Herbster's accusers. Did he allegedly grow Pillen too? All of these trumpets are so crazy. Pillen could always say, people are saying, like the orange loser, and it automatically absolves him from anything libelous. And, uh, see, person KJ says, Herbster shouldn't endorse anyone until 100% of the precincts for the governor's race are in. It's been at 91% since Tuesday night and just went to 93% Friday afternoon. The Democratic governor's race was also 91% until Friday afternoon when it went to 94%. Pretty good chance blood has that one won anyway. Many races have less than 90% precincts reporting, and only a few state legislative races have 100% of precincts so far. It's far from over. Yeah, hope springs eternal. But, yeah, I think that uh, train has left the station for the Herbster. We'll see how the court battle goes. Oh, here's something new. New filing in Slama Herbster court battle has more detailed allegations. Well, this is from Omaha World Herald by Sarah Gensler, May 17th, 2022. That's from today. Actually, from just a couple hours ago. Nebraska's gubernatorial primary race is over, but a legal fight between former candidate Charles W. Herbster and state senator Julie Slama continues in Johnson County. Slama's lawyers filed an amended response to Herbster's lawsuit Monday with new details, including a more specific description of the allegations behind her counterclaim of sexual battery as well as an additional counterclaim. Slama was the only one named accuser in initial reporting from the Nebraska Examiner in mid-April, which included allegations from eight women who said Herbster, Conklin Company CEO and Republican mega-donor, had touched them inappropriately in recent years. Slama confirmed to the Examiner that Herbster had reached up her dress without consent and touched her inappropriately at the Douglas County Republican Party's 
2019 Elephant Remembers Dinner. Herbster has vehemently denied all allegations and cast them as a political hit job coordinated by opponent Jim Pillen and his supporter Governor Pete Ricketts, as Pillen and Herbster competed in the GOP primary for Nebraska governor. Pillen won the nomination last Tuesday. Ricketts has said he didn't have any involvement in the examiner's report, and Pillen's campaign said it wasn't behind the story. Herbster filed a defamation lawsuit against Slama on April 22nd. Slama answered Herbster's lawsuit shortly thereafter and filed a counterclaim alleging sexual battery. Court documents showed that at the time she gave notice to depose Herbster on May 6th. In the meantime, four female Nebraska state senators launched a fund to support women who had accused Herbster, and a second woman, Elizabeth Todson, came forward by name with allegations that Herbster, quote, sexually groped her, unquote, at the same 2019 dinner. Herbster's campaign made it clear he didn't plan to attend the May 6th deposition, and his legal team filed new court documents, including a motion to squash, quash the deposition notice and seek a protective order that limits his deposition to, quote, scheduling at a mutually convenient time, end quote. It alleged that the other side was playing politics with the timing just ahead of the May 10th primary. Slama's lawyers responded with a statement and objection in which they suggested they may pursue sanctions. The candidate's legal team filed another motion dated May 6th seeking a protective order against Slama and her legal team, arguing that they were attempting to try the case in the press. Slama's lawyers responded in a filing and called for that motion to be rejected. In a filing Monday, Slama's legal team added details and a new counterclaim based on statements made by Herbster and his supporters after the senator's allegations became public. Quote, With this amendment, Senator Slama submits several new and revised pleadings to define the scope of this case as it shifts from the pace necessitated by Herbster's cynical tactic of filing it during the gubernatorial primary to the more orderly schedule of non-emergent civil litigation. It reads, As guests were called to their tables, Slama moved toward her assigned table, and felt Herbster's hand reached up her dress and inappropriately touched her, it reads. Slama was 22 years old at the time. Quote, Specifically, Senator Slama felt a hand reach up her dress from behind and first touch and grope her genital area on the outside of her underwear. The filing reads, She then felt the hand move up and grope and squeeze her right bare buttocks. She was startled and turned and saw Herbster removing his hand from under her dress. Quote, Herbster did not make eye contact with Senator Slama, but she observed a smirk on his face as he walked away. It reads, Slama did not consent to the groping, it reads, and hadn't met Herbster before the dinner. Others in attendance saw it happen or were, quote, contemporaneously aware of it, according to the filing. Slama reported what happened to at least two people, and she saw others, and others saw Herbster grab the buttocks of another woman at the event. Quote, Senator Slama was shocked, mortified, and traumatized by Herbster's actions, 
Senator Slama was also frightened of retribution that could occur if she came forward because she knew Herbster was a multi-millionaire and a major donor for the Republican Party in Nebraska, it reads. According to the filings, she has suffered damages to her reputation, expenses both to mitigate the damage and for psychological care, physical illness, emotional distress, and sleep disturbance, damage to her mental and emotional health, and general pain and suffering. Slama is bringing a second counterclaim of, quote, false light invasion of privacy. The filing points to statements Herbster, his CAM employees, or agents made that framed the accusations as the product of Ricketts and Pillen and framed Slama's account as the result of manipulation and part of a plan to hurt Herbster's bid for governor. It cites a press release, press conference, TV ad, and appearances by Herbster and consultant Kellyanne Conway on former Donald Trump advisor Steve Bannon's War Room podcast. They put Slama in a, quote, false light, it reads, and resulted in damages similar to the damages listed for the first counterclaim. A hearing in the case is scheduled for June 3rd. And that's all of that article. One more article on Herbster, and then we'll uh, get to an examination of the candidates who will be on the November ballot. The uh, article I'll get to next is uh, Nebraska gubernatorial candidate accused of groping wants to put sex ed, quote, back in homes. Well, this is just to give a general view of that view. He's not going to be on the ballot, but uh, may not be the last story ever to read about Herbster, but it will be the last for tonight. And this is KZUM Lincoln and KZUM HD 89.3 FM, KZUM.org online. It's now 11.35 p.m. Central Daylight Time. The Servative Hour is followed by a show called The Groove Machine, which is modern Christian rock music for your listening enjoyment and edification from midnight until 2 a.m. Wednesday mornings. Oh, the weather seems to be raining outside. It's now, let's see, is it still 71? Let me refresh this. It's 70 degrees now with the low predicted to be 62 degrees tonight and a high tomorrow of 86 degrees and uh, sunny. Nebraska gubernatorial candidate accused of gropings wants to put sex ed, quote, back in homes. Critics on Twitter complained that accurate, helpful sex ed was often not provided in homes. <clears throat> it's by Mary Papenfoss, and it's from HuffPost.com from May 2nd, 2022. Nebraska GOP gubernatorial candidate Charles Herbster, who has been accused by a state senator and some seven other women of groping them, demanded that sex education be removed from schools on Sunday. Herbster said, quote, 
We're going to take sex education out of the schools and put it back in the homes where it belongs. Hmm. Well, I'll just, uh, you know the story of Herbster, so I will just scroll down. Critics on Twitter complained that accurate, helpful sex ed was often not provided in homes. Providing sex education in schools has also been linked to fewer unwanted pregnancies and sexually transmitted diseases. So that's the last of that. Now, who is going to be on the ballot in November and also for a special election still to come uh, this June? Nebraskans will vote for a new governor this November as incumbent Pete Ricketts is barred from running for a third consecutive term. And we have uh, Jim Pillen, uh, who has the backing of much of the state party, including Ricketts, versus uh, Carol Blood of Bellevue, Carol Blood being the Democratic candidate. Now to 10-11 Now, they gave answers to some questions. I'll just go through this briefly. Uh, One comparison for nuttiness, good question, is do you believe Nebraska's elections are free, fair, and secure? To which she answered, based on the data and science provided by our Secretary of State's office and our local election commissioners, I do believe our elections are free, fair, and secure. Hmm. Well and good. Go over to uh, Pillins. Do you believe Nebraska's elections are free, fair, and secure? To which he answers, We need a voter ID requirement to ensure the security of our elections. That's why I strongly support the voter ID ballot initiative. Nebraskans deserve the confidence of knowing that this common-sense measure is in place to prevent fraudulent voting from being cast. End quote. Now, I don't mind so much the voter ID. I suspect there's probably also conservatives who can't find their ID or don't have the correct ID. But I do dislike the pretending that there's some kind of problem that we have people impersonating other people going in and signing their name for them and voting in their place. I'm not aware of any stories of people going in to vote and being told, sorry, it looks like you already voted. Somebody signed your name. Wasn't it you? No, we don't have a problem with people impersonating other people and voting in their place and forging their signatures. It's really all a distraction for the main concern I have, which is uh, electing people who will appoint people who will overturn elections based on nonsense, on things which are not in any way credible, but it doesn't matter if they're credible. They can just say, well, I don't like the looks of these results because they go against what I wanted, and I'm just not going to certify this election. Ha, 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 and you can't make me. That's what I'm concerned about, not so much the voter ID. It's the hoaxing. It's the pretending that there's some uh, problem that needs to be fixed 
In this case, with voter ID, it would be people impersonating other people and forging their names and voting in their place, something which... Does that actually... Has that actually happened anywhere? I don't think it has. Seems highly unlikely. Now, from Carol Blood's website on key issues, it's fairly short and simple. Prosperity for all Nebraskans. Maintain public safety and improve public health. Invest in Nebraska's infrastructure. And encourage education. Okay. Now we go to Jim Pillen's page. And, oh, it's the guy, he's got the picture with him holding the shotgun at such an angle that I'm sure something pornographic could be made out of it if you just were to put some character, uh, perhaps doing something with that shotgun barrel pointed so upright from his uh, below-the-belt area where it's uh, tucked in place. I don't know seems to be some sort of message he's trying to get across there. Anyway, his uh, issues, education, what does he say, have to say about education? I join thousands of Nebraska parents in opposing the proposed State Board of Education, quote, health standards, unquote, which sexualize students and supplant parental values with a radical view. I will continue to stand with Nebraska parents and families against attempts to inject anti-American ideology like the 1619 Project and, quote, critical race theory into Nebraska classrooms. And if that does, isn't enough, he's got another headlined uh, issue area, rejecting critical race theory. Yeah, he's really going to reject that critical race theory, possibly because... Well, he authorized a department for it when he was uh, is is still regent at the university. I believe I saw some negative attack ads on him about that. Must be why he needs to state it twice. Then also, a protecting life. I am proudly pro-life. I believe life begins at conception. Hmm. Okay. Well, I wonder how he feels about uh, fertility clinics and in vitro fertilization. You know those little fertilized eggs that. Uh, they can't use them all. I'm sure they probably uh, you know, uh, dispose of more of them than uh, any abortion clinic does. All right. And then uh, property taxes. Of course, he wants to shift the tax burden off of the richer people onto the poorer people. Uh, and uh, Second Amendment, of course. There he is with his uh, big shotgun. Looks about as tall as he is. Hmm, I wonder where he found one. That, or maybe he's just tiny. I don't know. Maybe it's just the picture, but it's, uh, yeah, it's going. Anyway, you'd have to see the picture. And um, she, uh, when it comes to public safety, it's uh, standing with law enforcement, and uh, we must demand order on our southern border. In fact, I think for his priorities, he said he was going to protect our southern border, which uh, I didn't think there was anything... Uh, we had to protect ourselves from Kansas, except perhaps the smoke that comes over the border from when they're doing their burning. And uh, let me go to some of these other Jim Pillen things. Let's see. Uh, oh, here's a good one. I'll read them both from uh, Blood and from Pillen. From Pillen. 
what would be your top priority if elected? We need transformational change to solve our property tax problem. Okay, you know, we've we got to cut those taxes, shift them on to sales taxes. And then, uh, anyway, let's see, Carol Blood, what did she have to say? What would be your top priority if elected? Protecting Nebraska Ag after experiencing supply chain, chain issues, drought property rights issues, and the recent threats of eminent domain. Provide sustainable tax relief. Implement long-term solutions to the overcrowding of Nebraska prisons. Push forward technology to protect the state from cybersecurity threats and streamline services to the public. Create a K-14 through education that allows Nebraskans the ability to receive two years of community college to address workforce shortages, tackle workforce holistically, including child care, housing, training, and recruitment, make Nebraska better for all. <coughs> Excuse me. And now let's see, I'll read in full what Jim Pillen said about his top priorities. We need transformational change to solve our property tax problem. High property taxes hurt every Nebraskan and make our state less competitive. Governor Ricketts has made good on his promise to address property taxes every year he's been in office, but still property taxes remain too high. The problems have to be addressed, starting with local spending. So that would be his priorities. Cut the taxes. Cut, well, actually, raise the sales taxes, but cut the uh, you know property and income taxes. That's standard. All right, so I'm going to X out Pillin and Blood. and go over to the first district race, which is uh, Patty Pranzing-Brooks versus Mike Flood. From Patty Pranzing-Brooks' page, do you believe Nebraska's elections are free, fair, and secure? She says, I have complete faith in our Nebraska elections. We must take every measure necessary to ensure that this remains the case, not only in Nebraska, but across the country. I believe Congress needs to take steps at the national level to protect future elections and ensure the right to vote for all of our citizens. Okay, and Mike Flood says, Do you believe Nebraska's elections are free, fair, and secure? He says, I understand the concern that many Nebraskans hold that the 2020 election was stolen. Really? You understand those concerns? What are they based on? Like, any evidence? Any uh, courts not thrown out any of the cases or disbarred any of the lawyers? Or, uh, oh, then there's the suing of the various uh, television networks which uh, carried their nonsense about the voting machines so that... Uh, they have to argue in court that no reasonable person would believe what our hosts say. I mean, it's not meant to be taken seriously. It's just entertainment. All right. He says, uh, I understand the concerns that many Nebraskans hold that the 2020 election was stolen. I trust Nebraska's election system, but I think we should always act to increase security and be vigilant. That's why I support voter ID. Yeah, well long as he doesn't support overturning the election based on BS. 
Now, uh, as many of the candidates like Herbster, he was right there, you know, planning the insurrection the night before in uh, the Trump residence and uh, on the getaway plane with Trump Jr. And, uh, yeah, he would, uh, as governor, definitely appoint people that would overturn elections because he's already said he would. Already acted on it. All right. And uh, for uh, Mike Flood... The Republican running for the first district to replace Fortenberry. Uh, what would be your top three priorities if elected? My top three priority priorities are fighting inflation, growing Nebraska's rural communities, and securing our southern border. With Kansas, Kansas, Kansas. Yeah, okay. What does a Nebraska governor have to do with securing the Mexican border, the U.S. Mexican border? Except uh, posturing? perhaps. And then uh, as far as top priorities, I'm sure uh, Patty Penzing-Brooks would have something different. Let's see. Uh, what would be your top three priorities if elected? As our congresswoman, I will work to make health care more affordable and accessible, help communities thrive by promoting workforce development, expand infrastructure, including critical broadband, to expand affordable housing and create a rural and urban economic renaissance for our entire state. Well, that sounds pretty good. All right, so I'm going to leave off on Patty Penzing Brooks and Mike Flood, except one last thing I'm going to read from Dennis Crawford on Medium, denniscrawford.medium.com, from May 16th, Patty Penzing Brooks for Congress. Hey, I'm not saying it, he's saying it, so, you know, no call to actions here. The field has been set for the second congressional di first congressional district elections on both June 28th. That's right, we're going to have an election on June 28th, so, you know, it's going to be uh, Mike Flood versus Patty Penzing Brooks, June 28th. Mark it on your calendar. No, don't. If you feel like marketing on your calendars, or I'm going to mark it on my calendar, I'm going to remember it. All right, um... First Congressional District elections on June 28th uh, and November 8th. Patty Penzing Brooks will be talking, taking on Mike Flood for the seat in the First Congressional District that was opened up by Jeff Fartenberry's felony convictions and resignation. The June 28th special election will determine who holds the First Congressional District seat until early January 2023. The November 8th election decides who will represent the First Congressional District between 2023 and 2025. It's important that we vote for Patty on both dates. Patty Panzing-Brooks represents a breath of fresh air compared to, to Fartenberry, who held the seat for nearly 18 years and accomplished very little during his long tenure in Washington. Fartenberry tended to vote with his party bosses and the extreme right wing of the House GOP caucus. Patty will stand up for working families and seniors, she will protect our health care and pensions. As Panzing Brooks said, quote, we need health care for all, access to affordable child care, living wages for all workers. This includes support for development, for enhanced infrastructure, educational opportunities, and economic development for our native peoples through health care. End quote. As a member of Congress, Patty wants to prioritize reducing inflation, solving Nebraska's labor shortage, and lowering prescription drug prices. Quote, we need to lower prescription drug prices, and we need to lower the premiums on the Affordable Care Act. We have to do better at protecting our people 
And the number one issue for the State Chamber of Nebraska is workforce development and getting workers to fill our jobs, said Panzing Brooks. Senator Panzing Brooks recognizes the reality that Nebraska can only solve its worker shortage problem by being a more welcoming and diverse state. Young people aren't going to stay in Nebraska or relocate here if they perceive an atmosphere of intolerance. Quote, I worked hard on the LGBTQ in the legislature for non-discrimination, and the chambers came on board with that. They realized we need workers here and bright people. It doesn't matter the person you love. It matters if is you can do the job and are educated and thoughtful and excited in for that position, said Panzing Brooks. Panzing Brooks has correctly recognized that Mike Flood will be a clone of Jeff Fortenberry, a bet without the criminality and sleaze. The definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting different results. Actually, I'm not sure if that's quite the definition, but okay. Flood will only perpetuate the job-killing gridlock in Washington by taking orders from his out-of-touch party bosses. Quote, My opponent has said that he's going to do a lot of the same things that the previous congressman did, and I'm not going to do the same things. I'm going to approach it differently. I feel like our state and our district are ready for a change, said Panzing Brooks. Flood, like Fortenberry, is an extremist who is outside of the mainstream. Flood and Fortenberry are also similar in that they talk moderate but vote radical. As a state senator, Flood compiled an extreme record in legislature this year. Flood opposed middle-class tax cuts but voted for tax cuts for the rich and corporations. Petty voted for the middle-class tax cuts. The Norfolk state senator's records on women's health care issues is equally troubling. In 2022, Flood co-sponsored a near-total abortion ban that contained no exceptions for the victims of rape and incest. Senator Adam Morfield described Flood's bill as, quote, deeply flawed legislation. Morfield contended that Flood's radical bill would ban some forms of contraception, such as Plan B and even IVF, in vitro fertilization, which I just referred to. Flood's bill is so crazy that it would turn doctors into felons, Dr. Maureen Boyle, an obstetrics and gynecology physician from Omaha, said the proposal could, quote, lead to felony charges for doctors who have to perform an abortion to save the life of a mother. Panzing Brooks said in a statement, quote, my GOP opponent co-sponsored legislation this year that would force rape children and incest victims to go to term. I will lead in Congress to combat the Supreme Court's rollback to the dark ages and protect all women's bodily autonomy and uh, that article continues on but it seems I've run out of time so thank you very much for listening and go to kzum.org to donate to KZUM during the Give to Lincoln Fund Drive which is on until uh, May 26th And so this has been the Servative Hour. Thank you very much for listening, and good night to you all.